Now I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know, just the idea of making you two wait while I just take like a huge gulp. <laughs> I just like, like take a five minute drink. And then just like just, immediately afterwards, like, okay, I need to piss now. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to rehydrate. <laughs> <laughs> just an, an hour long recording of me drinking and pissing. That was the last episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Viewers really missed out on that one. <laughs> that one, you got to pay for that one. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's our secret $10 a month tier on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host, Alton. With me, as always, is Reese. Always. And today, we have a very special guest, Kay. From the YouTube channel K and Skittles, how are you doing? I'm doing fucking amazing. And we have so many good topics for you today. Uh, if you're not familiar with the show, basically we are the only podcast on the internet to tell you the truth about video games. That truth is that it's being colonized by reactionary goblins, and the video game companies are predatory vampires that want to suck you dry from your wallet dipshits all that's true and we're the only ones who will tell you that no one else will exactly exactly nobody's ever said anything bad about video game companies do not google jim sterling he doesn't exist he's gonna come in here and beat our ass <laughs> yeah so uh Kay, why don't you introduce yourself and like or what kind of youtube videos and stuff you do oh yeah um well i'm k of k and skittles fame of course i take things and then i sort of you know imagine i take a bust of uh, of one mm -hmm. carl marx and then i sort of i'll take the topic and i'll just sort of smush them together I'll kind of make them kiss <laughs> like you would do with two dolls kind of that's really it yeah that's that's the whole creative process I love it. I'm a big fan of your videos. I watched through the neoliberalism in Fallout 4 video, oh, which was quite good. And the core episodes are especially my favorite because it's very cathartic being told why that series is bad and frustrating because I didn't really have words to describe it before. Yeah, well, you're going to like the final episode of that because I'm actually going to be executing the writers um, live. <laughs> it's going to be really good. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be a live stream of their show trial as they're sent to the gulags. Finally, finally a true socialist YouTube channel. <laughs> Man. Okay, so that sounds like it's going to be fun. You guys ready for the first topic? I know we're just chomping, we're chomping at the bit to get into this because there's so much to cover. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'd slam my table, but I don't want to mess up my mic. <laughs> I'm going to be very gentle with my table, but I also am enthusiastic. Well, I was not going to slam into my table, but now I'm thinking about it, thanks to Reese. Okay, give I'm it a little bop. <sighs> I'll punch my second monitor. <laughs> that won't interrupt the, the podcast procedure. Oh, excellent. All right, so the first topic is something that Kay wanted to talk about, which is how MMOs are a PSYOP. Could you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that? Yeah, okay. So the thing about MMOs is like any media that you spend a lot of time with, it's going to condition you in certain ways to want certain things or to, you know, you'll have positive or negative reactions to something like, you know, beating a boss or dying in a game. MMOs are unique in that they revolve those sort of positive or negative reinforcements around what is basically work because it's just a grinding simulator and you're just grinding to grind more effectively later right as far as i'm concerned your your player base now is is being conditioned to basically derive joy from what is effectively uh, a really menial job and in MMOs, it is really the most menial job. Like in some RPGs, you know, maybe you have to grind up a couple levels, but the battle system is usually like thought out well enough that it doesn't quite feel like work. But I am a bad person because I play a lot of MMOs and it's always the most just BS. Timing doesn't matter that much. Just push this button and this button and this button. And you just do that forever. It sucks. Yeah, see if you can if you can derive some joy out of that, at least enough to keep doing it, then you're gonna you're gonna knock it out of the park when uh, you're forced to work in an Amazon warehouse until you die. 
I'm not 100% sure about that because that requires you to move. For now. <laughs> I think that that's interesting. Maybe since I've watched this recently, if you don't mind me uh, dropping the name of Ben Crawshaw. Ben Cronshaw? It's Crenshaw, right? I think so. I, I don't know. Yahtzee, who is sort of an edgy gamer, but he's not as edgy or as bad as some other edgy gamers, so I, I give him credit there. So his theory is games either stimulate your senses and creativity by like giving you complex stories and vivid emotions and stuff like that, or they numb you. And I think that for a lot of MMOs, their actions are very numbing. It sort of becomes a mindless repetition you can just sort of get into without having to like think too much. Yeah, and that's exactly what a shitty job is like. You like <laughs> you almost dissociate. You're gone, but your body's just doing the thing. And that's what an MMO is like. Well, you brought up Amazon, and Amazon has already implemented their metrics in a game format. They have stuff you, you can opt in. You don't have to do it. You know, they'll turn all the workers into race cars on a racetrack. And, you know, depending how many boxes you move from here to there is how fast your race car goes. And you oh, get Amazon shirts. If you're number one, you know, it is the most horseshit dystopian thing it is taking the worst psychological impulses in people and manipulating them to keep you in the game, to keep you playing as much as possible. Absolutely. And I think the real headline there is uh, if you win, you don't even get a bonus. You just get a fucking shirt. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Well, you, you don't even get a shirt. You get Amazon bucks. And if you win enough, you get a shirt. Oh, that, wow. Amazon bucks. That's this is I forget what it's called now, but this company is like script. a thing. Yeah, company script. That's ah, this sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a real life MMO. You get in-game premium currency for fucking uh, lifting up a box and sorting some garbage. That's the problem with your your capitalist dystopias is that they're they're just so fucking gray and banal and shitty. <laughs> Not like our communist dystopia. That's going to be wild as fuck. Those rule, man. Brutalist architecture everywhere. <laughs> Everyone has to wear like a, a, a jumpsuit, but it's, um, it's Adidas <laughs> for some reason. It's <laughs> Mandatory squatting lessons. Yeah, everyone squats. There's no chairs because of communism. Ex yeah, exactly. So obviously there's a lot of like psychological manipulation that goes into these games. And it's clear that, like, it's bleeding into the real world, which has just horrific implications. But um, it's not like some people don't actually enjoy that thing. <laughs> As evidenced by the fact that uh, while looking for articles relating to this, we found a list of the best MMOs for grinding. Oh, my God. Now, that concerns me deeply. Um, because the question you really want to ask yourself at that point is, is this nature or nurture? Do we have some people who are just predisposed to want to do repetitive menial tasks because that was helpful for some reason? Or are people being conditioned uh, from a young age into wanting to do repetitive menial tasks? Well, I certainly think that there is a predisposition. The, the one word that I think we, we haven't used yet is addiction. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the one thing that gamers are most resistant to, to dealing with. Um, and like, people get so angry at the idea that maybe it's not good for you to grind. Listen, I've been there. I play the games. I'm not trying to say I'm better, but it's not good for you to play uh, Black Desert online until you get bed sores. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, that's a good point. That's uh, You're not supposed to be doing that. Speaking of addiction, I'd actually say that I don't know if gamers necessarily pushed game developers in this direction. It's kind of one of those chicken and egg situations. But for the longest time, what I remember before MMOs really being a thing or when they first started kicking off is... Addiction was not like a dirty word in gaming circles. Like if a game was addictive, you're like, oh, hell yeah, I love addictive games like Diablo. You know, it's like the idea of addiction it, uh, it, in early like gamer culture, it was essentially like this can sort of 
pierce through the veil of uh, indifference and apathy and boredom most games give me and really hook me in in an engaging way so that you can't even like put it down and people were like actively looking for that as an experience you're right though um i uh i remember that back when it was like a positive thing like i had this game so addicting i stayed up all night playing it you hear that now and it's like how often are you staying up all night playing this game buddy yeah (laughs) well usually that was also synonymous with like a level of quality and polish now like even the shittiest games like are trying to take advantage of addiction but at this point every big company has some kind of psychologist's on staff to try and just like ruin as many lives as possible to keep (laughs) you in the game. It's like, you know, with anything else, people can get addicted to casinos. Like you can say that maybe the consumer, you know, wants bad things because their brain can't help it. But I think we should put the blame squarely on the corporations. One of my favorite talking points is how with World of Warcraft, which is already bad, you know, and how they took something like uh, 40, 50% of the budget, slashed it, and just replaced it with addictive grinding mechanics. It's, it's just become this whole other thing. You're completely right. It's it's the companies driving it. And while this isn't to, to absolve Actually, those you know what? I'm going to be the first oh. one to come out and say it, and that it's probably the women and minorities ruining video games. <laughs> Finally, thank you. Finally, somebody <laughs> says it. See, I was just yeah. trying to find a tactful way to, to say that. Actually, I was, I was going to say that I think uh, it's still the company's fault, but the player base of, or gamers in general, I guess, they are just so aggressively into defending uh, these companies. The sycophants. Yeah, but like I, I feel like before the MCU took off, I would have said that I feel like you don't tend to see that with like movie weirdos, but I, yeah. I don't think that's a true statement anymore. <laughs> but I still think it, it's a, a more prevalent thing in, in video games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it predates the MCU, at least like gamers cultivated their own identity at first, like they developed their own identity at, of being a gamer and then corporations latched onto that and accelerated it to something that they could manipulate and control in order to extract money from people. Yeah, it worked. And we're seeing that model being deployed across so many different mediums now. People are developing their identities about certain shows, about like the MCU that's no longer just like a product line, that's a an identity base uh, kind of. Uh, Alton, hmm? let people like things. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I honestly, when it comes to, like, that whole hellish debate about, like, let people like things versus not let them like things, it is true that there are just vile people on the internet who will just shit on you for liking things. And simultaneously, there's the argument to be made that people use let, let people like things as, like, a cudgel to protect them from being, like, criticized for liking shitty or reactionary things. So, I mean, no, I'm, I think I'm canceled. I actually am I'm not letting people like things. I'm sorry. To be honest, I didn't become a communist so I could let people like things, okay? Right. <laughs> none, none of that. Almost every time, it's the statement is never, man, fuck people who like Guardians of the Galaxy. We should put them to death. <laughs> it's never the thing you're just like, even though Guardians of the Galaxy might be the best one, still Disney is a terribly predatory company. And then that's when people will bust out, let people like things. It's never a real attack, but because they've turned it into an identity, any criticism of the product is a criticism of them. And we're seeing it more with filmers, but gamers are the OG, 100%. Is, is filmers what we're calling movie people that's what leslie lee from struggle session calls them and i think it's a good name oh man that owns yeah I, i'm i'm into that i think that the internet's a big contributor to this uh, as well because if you like thing it's very easy to just go to like a, a you know a place that's full of people who like thing just like you know a facebook page or something i'm gonna cultivate an identity of people who strongly identify with masturbation or who are going to be called wankers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah. I'm ready. I'm joining. Yeah, me too. Let's let's do it. All right. <laughs> I don't know, guys. You seem like fake wankers to me. You're going to have to no, prove your credentials. No. What do All I right, have the, to the do? The rest of this I podcast is going to be gross. Let's do it. <laughs> I will send you a grainy video of me jacking it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta know to improve your credentials. You gotta tell me like which at which point during Debbie Does Dallas did you bust? Correct answer is all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just the forever bust through yeah. Debbie Does no, Dallas. The real answer it's it's for twenty dollar uh, patrons only. Exactly. The secret $20 patron tier where we <laughs> we tell you what we busted through uh, Debbie Does Dallas. Holy shit. Um, I would like to read the small snippet from the best MMOs for grinding that I think kind of gets into why this aspect of MMOs can be popular for some people. Mm-hmm. From the article, Best MMOs for Grinding by Omer Alte from MMOs.com. Sometimes we just want to kick back, turn our brains off, and grind. Despite the term grindy carrying a negative connotation, grinding isn't always bad. In fact, some of my favorite MMORPGs have been grind-heavy. So, I I think that that first sentence, honestly, kind of reveals why that kind of gameplay that just shuts your brain off is popular. I mean, to me, it's like the link to wanting to turn your brain off with like a grindy MMO and just like depression or having a shitty job are extremely linked. That's kind of what gets to me when I hear people talking about MMOs this way is I see a lot of myself in it with certain jobs I've had where I'll come home and it's just like, I don't want any kind of entertainment that wants me to think or be engaged. So, uh, yeah. you know, I want to watch TV or something, not play like a difficult game. Exactly. It's like when you get home from like a mentally exhausting job, the last thing you want to do is engage with a game that needs you to be there in any sense other than just like mechanically moving around and clicking things. It's the exact same thing with like depression. I don't have anything to back this argument up, but I vaguely remember reading an article that basically says that there's a link between like video game addiction and depression it's just like when you feel shitty not feeling anything at all is actually preferable i've kind of been there before like when i've been feeling really bad you know for like shitty parts of my life i've leaned really heavily into playing warframe you don't have to like feel anything it spends time without like having to deal with all this inner thought that uh, is tormenting you i would bet money that Addiction in general probably correlates significantly with depression. I completely understand that train of thought. When I have gotten deep into MMOs or any other grindy things, it's not because I was feeling the joy of life and at the top of things <laughs> to express my love of the world. I had to, you know, beat Uduar in World of Warcraft. It's, <laughs> and I have a lot of sympathy, honestly, for people who don't have shitty reactionary politics who try to anesthetize themselves this way because it, we live in a society that's very alienating. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that's my Joker's trick. I promised uh, Kay I would reveal it. Get a load of this society. I think people have talked about before how games can be very therapeutic in that way and that it's this sort of numbness that they experience when they play it becomes a sort of self-medication for their depression. I honestly think that there is space in the gaming world for stuff like this. It's kind of important that games can be able to fill this need in society. It would obviously be better if the society just took care of the root problem instead of just treating the symptoms, but... Yeah, it it fucking sucks that it it needs to exist, but if people want it, then what are you going to do? Yeah, and it helps people. The thing is, though, for every innocent game that really allows you to just, like, disconnect and unplug for a little bit, there are, like, 10, 20, 50 other games that are using this shutting your brain off to, like, manipulate you into paying money to keep playing the game. I mean, like, every single game on this list is either, like, free-to-play or subscription-based, and those games make tons of money, because people spend money on them, so it's not like this is some innocent service that they're providing. 
that allows you to like help cope with your depression. It's like they're taking vulnerable people and ma- trying to manipulate them into giving them money. Yeah, and, and shitty practices like that have just been getting more and more prevalent as any follower of the Jimquisition will have to be aware of every single fucking day. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, there may have been a time when that approach to making games was sort of coincidental, but it, it's nothing but manipulation at this point. Well, too, I think that a majority of games these days has some kind of grindy RPG mechanic. It's just not nearly to the degree that we're discussing here. MMOs have become so wildly distorted in the amount of time and treadmill-like activities that you have to perform, there's a way to do it where you can kind of have that numbing feeling without it being an entirely like gross procedure. And that's what every MMO, even the one good MMO that I would say is, is still like corruption of champions online. That's the one I'm talking about. (laughs) Trials and tainted space is what I'm talking about. (laughs) We'll reveal what those games are to our secret $10 a month. Patreon. Don't do not Google them. You don't want to know. No, definitely Google them. You definitely want to know. Google them. What were you saying, Reese? What's the good one? Good MMO. Oh, Final Fantasy XIV, I would say, tries to reduce some of the grindiness in aspects by not linking it all into kind of like one big climb up the mountain by having like a bunch of segregated activities and then like over here in the corner, the stupid grindy things, and then over here, the kind of like less grindy but still abusive things and it has like good music and a lot of production value so i would say i I think it's better than the ones listed but it's still an mmo and you can you can play a little dude in it right you can in fact play a little dude you can play a very tall bunny girl there's a lot of good options best game that's it those those are the genders so it's sorted (laughs) i don't know how much more we've got to cover in terms of uh MMOs. I think we've. I, I just want just to mention World of Warcraft Classic drop. Oh in. yes, yes, of course. Tell oh, us. Yeah. Did you get, did you get lured back in, Reese? No, no, I didn't like World of Warcraft Classic when it came out. Like it wasn't until Wrath of the Lich King that I was like, all right, this is not stupid enough for me to become numb to. World of Warcraft Classic is so dick punchingly stupid (laughs) i wasn't there at launch but i was watching a friend of mine play the launch and he was just sitting in this house waiting to tag a monster so he could complete a quest for like 15 minutes and he was like yeah this is the good shit i can't get past this quest there's nobody there's too many people here to get past this quest because one of the features in world of warcraft classic is there were very few monsters one of the funniest things in the wowhead forums is that the, at the pinned at the top is they have a list of things that are not bugs it's just things that are dick punchingly awful about the game don't report them. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and i think that um similarly a runescape classic mode dropped a little while ago uh which i think also has been fairly popular it just keeps happening what happened with wow expansion by expansion is that they improved a lot of little things to make it more playable, you know, adding flying to make it so it's not silly getting around, streamlining the talents, making the classes balanced. And they're yeah, just- but people don't want to play. They want to suffer. Exactly. And, and they don't want to play. They want just the nostalgia of when they suffered the most. I don't know, the memory engram that burns brightest. So they just want to uh, live in there. Gang, crew, uh, do, do gamers all have Stockholm Syndrome? Is that kind of what we're stumbling upon here? Look, I will give my perspective on this. I can understand the appeal of a game that still has rough edges, that doesn't completely sanitize and babify everything for you like when people talk about how they like wow classic you know one of the focuses is on how you genuinely need to interact with other people for it to to function because it's too shitty to do it on your own it's interesting to hear them talk about how it needs that genuine human interaction as opposed to like modern day world of warcraft where playing on your own is a completely viable option if shitty like you can just press find a group and it finds a group for you you don't have to like actually develop those human 
connections in the way that you did way back when. Uh, so I can understand that appeal, and I also can relate to it somewhat from playing something like Arma, which is like pretty brutally just like unintuitive game to get into, but you derive a lot of satisfaction from overcoming that and like getting into the real nitty gritty of like the mechanics and how to like play the game. Uh, my counterpoint to the social aspect anyways is to consider the quality of those social interactions. <laughs> <laughs> my sister rated during wild WoW classic and she said that she had to quit because A, her raid leader, the raid was just about him venting his anger at these 39 people in just like the most toxic way possible. And since she was a woman, it was just the worst, most grognardy people just constantly being inappropriate with her to the point where she just said, I'm not going to speak in raids anymore because I get shitty DMs or shitty whispers. I don't know. It's like, I don't find that the social interaction of WoW Classic to be not a laudable thing to want to get back to. <laughs> okay. Well, I've never played it. I've just heard people like talk about it. Because every time, listen, every time I try to play an MMO, I play it for like three hours over like two days and then decide, and then decide that I'd really rather be doing something else with my time. Same. Congratulations like, on your normal brains. I have a broken <laughs> brain who says that. And I was like, I should do something else with my time. I play this twice as much. <laughs> Trying to understand uh, your culture, Reese. Well, I think, I think it's, just, it's just fucking the gameplay for most MMOs sucks ass. Uh, I've played Guild Wars. The, the combat is just fucking nothing. There's nothing. It's like less visceral and engaging than Diablo 2. Because at least there, you really feel like the impact of your clicks on shit. That, like, that's, it, that's top tier clicking Diablo 2. Diablo 2's got some good ass clicking. And like the clicking in Guild Wars just fucking sucked. Because it was just pressing my number key on a cooldown timer. Because I had to fucking wait for my, to be able to do the next thing. The Elder Scrolls Online was like the same way. That it just felt like I was just randomly whacking into the... Th the monsters and just like waiting for cooldown timers it's like they design it to make it as unappealing to me as possible i would go as far to say that the actual morrowind had better combat than the elder scrolls <laughs> online <laughs> and that yeah. was like fucking random numbers you would just hack at something and just go straight through it that was such a crazy design choice to do morrowind that way i still don't know what the fuck they were thinking they were on that fucking D, D shit hard they had been like oh well, I, I rolled the two guess i missed because my sword skill wasn't high enough but, you know, honestly, to me, the, the misses you made with the sword and Morrowind just made the satisfying crunch of connecting with it all the more satisfying. I just thought it was a fucking nightmare. See, the thing is, if you're playing a tabletop game, the DM's in a position to add some flavor and interest if you miss. Things can happen. But in a game, you're, you're just hearing, like, the swoosh, wind sound swoosh, of your... Swoosh, 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 Yeah. But then it, it also it you're vi sucks. you're viscer viscerally rewarded when you hit because you hear that it has that incredibly satisfying crunch noise. Man, I don't want to be rewarded. I bought their game. Just give me stuff. Fuck you, Todd. <laughs> young lucky <laughs> fucking Morrowind era Todd Howard. Piss off. Yeah, fuck you, young Todd. Young Todd who went to make the series something unrecognizably kind of shitty. If I can just make one observation about the game design and MMOs before we move on, what is so terrible about it, and it kind of, I think, echoes your experience, is that I have played games where the classes do end up feeling, like, balanced, and they you, you are doing something somewhat intelligent, but it takes till the end of the leveling grind to get there, which is always an immense uphill climb, and you don't have your complete toolkit until then, and up until that point, Point, everything is too easy for that to matter at all. So you're just kind of like numbly going through until you get the in-game harder dungeons and raid in almost every MMO I've been in. So it's like the game doesn't actually have little bits of fun until the very end. It's until that point, the only 
aspect is the grind. That's like a thing with so many MMOs, uh, where the you know the real game doesn't start till you hit like max level or whatever. So maybe MMOs should stop having levels. Maybe MMOs should be real games. Oh shit, that's an even better idea. Yeah, maybe they should be fun. That statement from Alton is the one that's gonna get us doxxed and bomb threat. <laughs> <laughs> the game should be fun. I'm gonna kill this fucker. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm just a guest here. Uh, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, leave leave the yeah, target us. Yeah, K D- K doesn't agree. He thinks games should be hideous grinds <laughs> that steal your life away. So yeah, just leave yeah. him alone. I, I love to suffer. Maybe this is the gaming equivalent to aesthetics. They just think through suffering brings purity. And through purity brings divinity. That fucking is what a lot of gamers think, though. It kind of is. Like, remember when it was rumored that Dark Souls 3 or or Sekiro, I forget, uh, was going to have an easy mode? I don't think it even did in the end. Mm -hmm. But people started getting weird about it. Yeah. Like, real weird. (laughs) That's the next religion, in my opinion, is that gamers just start forming a cult of self-flagellation, playing the hardest games with bizarre challenges, like playing Cuphead with one life. You die, you just have to start out the whole game over again. You gotta give yourself a dozen lashes and then start over again. Yeah. That's the future, man. That's what game is gonna be like in ten years. (laughs) (laughs) But it's pathological people's reactions, and I think it's just because like you get nothing out of beating Metal Gear Solid on European Extreme, so you have to take it out on the poor person who just wants to play it for the story, because otherwise, you know, you have nothing. That's so true. You put yourself through this suffering, not because there's any kind of reward at the end, but so that you can feel smugly superior. That's literally all the reward they're doing it for. And I think if someone comes along who doesn't care about that suffering and is like, yeah, no, I'm just going to do easy mode. I think that then also puts you in a position where you begin to uh, think about what you've done and why you've done it. And I don't think they like that. I do think that there is a legitimate aspect of fun to overcoming the challenge, but you have to keep it internal because it doesn't matter that you've beat Doom on the hardest level or whatever. There is no analog of why that's good otherwise. And because there is nothing else, they have to create these toxic versions. I'm a big fan of like making house rules and stuff to make games more difficult and just finding ways to challenge yourself. But if you're deriving like a big... Uh, amount of your self-worth from it you gotta you gotta go outside hot take global warming will drive us all inside and then oh shit the world's population will become gamers and it will be hell on earth it will be a thousand times worse than mad max because nobody will shower everyone will be a giant gamer door if you thought that people were going to wear cool sexy leather outfits like they did in the 80s when they were making these post-apocalyptic films no, uh, just imagine a future where everyone is just the quartering. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> RuneScape Classic will be mandatory. If you oh, don't get no. your uh, 20 hours a week and of RuneScape Classic, that's when the Skull Squads will come to your home. The Skull Squads. Extract your blood for moisture. So have we uh, discussed everything we wanted to with this topic? I think so. I really fucking want to get into this, because breaking news, you can buy Borderlands 3 for $120. Oh, Oh, whoops, don't want to do that. (laughs) Oh, man. This should be the only version available. (laughs) What do we get for $120? Butt Stallion Weapon Skin, Trinket and Grenade Mod, four campaign DLC packs, basically the season pass. Bonus content, cosmetic packs, weapon packs. You also get a Mayhem Field Thrill Ride, uh, according to them. Is that like a Cleveland steamer? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit. Yeah, a uh, fucking claptrap comes to your house. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, just Randy Pitchford with the mask on. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to make your dignity in $120 disappear. (laughs) Just fucking hell. I had nothing more to say about this. It's just like fucking 120 bucks for the special edition. Jesus fucking Christ. I can't imagine spending more than like 20 bucks on fucking Borderlands 3. No shit. 
This game, it's more Borderlands, and it's like, I've not heard anyone talk about, like, that they've improved the mechanics at all. I've just heard people saying it's the same game. The mechanics of Borderlands weren't that good? Yeah, it was a bit of a shitty game. It was a fun thing to play with friends, but, like, it wasn't that good. Have they evolved beyond their 2009 lol random humor yet? No, apparently it got worse. How? How could it possibly be worse? (laughs) I'm in the same camp of Jim Sterling that I enjoyed Borderlands 2. I enjoyed the humor in Borderlands 2. I have a shitty sense of humor. I'm really dumb. But even he said Borderlands 3, like, the humor in that was insufferable. Which is just, holy shit, that was one of the good things from Borderlands 2 for me. It's just like, the gameplay was not good. Like, it was tolerable in, like, 2013, because that was, like, the only looter shooter on the entire market. But, like, since then, I've also played games like Warframe, which are a lot more fun in the shooting department, and Earth Defense Force. And I don't think I can go back to Borderlands, just, like, spongy-ass enemies that take, like, 20 bullets to the face to kill. Well, that's the problem with looter shooters becoming so prolific, right? Is that there's so many games that I, for one, just think of as Borderlands, but good. So how am I going <laughs> to play Borderlands? I got Borderlands, but good. Well, that's, that's foolishness. What's your Borderlands, but good, Kay? Um, nah, I hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> Borderlands, but better. I hate looter shooters. Borderlands, but better. My Borderlands but good is Earth Defense Force 5. It's not really a looter shooter, but you get weapon drops. So it kind of is a looter shooter, but it's mission-based instead of, like, open world. And it's a lot more fun than just wandering around the giant empty spaces of Borderlands. Yeah. They love making their, their levels just huge, empty nothingness. So that if your car blows up, you have to walk all the way back. Oh, God. Just having non-flashbacks to that exact shit happening. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to say on the pod that there is an item in Borderlands 3 that is the USB stick that was left at the medieval times. Oh, my God. Yeah, the reference to the USB stick. Holy shit. Oh, what? What? Let me find this. (laughs) We tweeted it out from the main account. Let me go see if I can find it. And it's like... Dude, we don't play Borderlands 3 to remember Randy Pitchford. <laughs> we we play Borderlands 3 to numb ourselves from the memory of Randy Pitchford. We're just trying to forget. I can't deal with games where the the entire sort of item progression is just uh, you're just endlessly being bombarded with new guns or new swords until you see one where the numbers higher but none of them really have any personality. That It just bums me out, man. I remember when the first one came out, I don't remember the number, but they were bragging about some huge number of guns. And me and a lot of my friends were really hyped because we didn't understand yet. Yeah. I remember that, that shit. Like, they fucking... Millions of guns. Like, oh, holy shit. Millions of guns. With so many yeah. guns. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, there's like five guns and you're just gonna have a million variations of each of them (laughs) you're gonna have three guns that are good and just like countless trash guns i found the tweet oh my god okay so this comes from merit k at merit k merit with two r's and two t's overflowing moxie's embrace want to see a magic trick Healgasm all over yourself and allies to heal them for 60 on shield break Holy shit. Healgasm? All over yourself and allies. So you got a little bit of a Louis C.K. reference in here as Ugh. well. We're doubling up. Well, it's, it's a reference to a, a woman squirting, which was the porn clip that he did not believe women could do. He thought it was a magic trick. And of course he references that and not evidence that he's embezzling from Gearbox. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm viewing this as him trying to take this opportunity to get it out there that this is a magic trick. This is a hoax. Don't buy into the squirts. If I've learned anything from Randy is that women orgasming is uh, fake. Doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We're not sure if women are real at all. So, like, you know, truth is out there. Keep your eyes on the sky, buddy. I mean, I would believe it if... Randy Pitchford had never seen a woman orgasm before. (laughs) (laughs) 
MMOs, check. Randy Pitchford, check. What's next on the firing line, boys? <laughs> we oh, got to take down next. So for our next topic, we're going into the salt mines because a game has just been released recently called AI The Somnium Files. And it turns out in this game, there is a scene where a character discusses in glowing terms the LGBTQ community. Predictably... Gamers are upset. Have you guys heard of this game before? No, I mean, no, no, me neither. Until this was like brought to our attention, like I had never heard of this game before. I probably never would have heard of this game just because it's like a visual novel. And um, yeah, anime is trash until proven innocent. Yeah, right. Rarely proven yeah, innocent. Right. So it was kind of a surprise seeing this on the internet. And oh, it's an adventure game. It's not a visual novel game. Excuse me. It, but it has like visual novel components. I have no idea how this fucking what this fucking game is. To be quite honest with you, does it have visual novel components or is it just really anime? It's both. I think. I, I guess technically speaking, a visual novel is just like a really long cutscene with anime. <laughs> so I'm not 100 percent sure how to answer that. But it's inspired quite the outflowing of just incredible amounts of salt it's really incredible we're gonna get into it i don't know if we want to read like the full thing in the game this girl mizuki talks about the lgbtq community but it's you know it's very praising it's very positive it says a lot of nice things like that they have a uh, impeccable taste and that they're cool for living their own life despite being persecuted which is all very true and fucking gamers here we go. Let's get into it. Our first salt nugget. Oh, boy. This comes to us from Daniel on the AI The Somnium Files Steam General Discussion page. <laughs> Daniel says, <laughs> Ain't getting gay propaganda. Don't care if you <laughs> ban me. Keep aiming for the gays, satra, cetera. The tweet for, I got this from is from James G at the suite. And uh, it says a story in two parts. And like, Daniel's fucking avatar is from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The straightest anime. Exactly. <laughs> it's an avatar of Giorno? I've never watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but I've been meaning to get around to it eventually. And on their Steam page, their favorite game is... Guess what the, their favorite game is? Hit me with it. Near Automata. That rules <laughs> just like uh, holy shit just like i love fucking the themes of that game just went straight over their heads who would think that the uh, aggressive bigot would also not uh, have good analytical skills with their art <laughs> let's get into like what is probably the most just brain blastingly intense tweets I think I've seen in quite some time. Ooh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, which one of you would like to, to introduce this and read it off? Oh, I'll, I'll do it. Go ahead. All right. All right. We have a, a multiple installment saga of brain worms from one libido common. He's Japanese. He probably has no idea what the true form of the LGBT even is. That's our, our first our, little... Our fir they don't even know the final form of the LGBTQ community. <laughs> I'm not sure what the final form is meant to be. I think we find out. All right, all right. I think so, the final form of every gay person is they turn into a giant rainbow Godzilla. They destroy the world of the heteros and take it over, which... Honestly, I'm down for it. I'm ready. Let's get into the second tweet, though, because this is by far my favorite absolute brain-melting take. You're accusing me of being racist towards the Japanese? No, he says, toward Japanese. <laughs> like, toward Japanese. Like, no, the Japanese or two Japanese people or just like, no, towards Japanese when I literally believe Japanese to be the greatest race on Earth. <laughs> I'm implying that he would be ignorant because he's only ever been in Japan his whole life, not because he's racially Japanese. I would just want to go back. You think I'm racist when I literally think Japanese are the master race? How dare you? <laughs> just, Nobody racist shit. has ever used the phrase master race, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has ever claimed something to be the greatest race on Earth and 
not been racist. Oh my god. So that's like my favorite take. The fetishization of Japanese people and culture is it's 100% racist as shit. I'll bet you a million bucks this guy thinks Japan is an ethnostate. Million bucks. Of course he fucking does. Oh my god, the next tweets are even worse somehow. Hold on, I, I want to read the next one. It's a masterpiece. Go ahead. All right, let's get something straight, kids. <laughs> Colon. LGBT is an official branding of a movement, which is supported by huge international money and power. Triple He's missing some brackets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it has a specific <laughs> value system. Being gay slash etc. does not make you LGBT by default. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> He thinks it's a fucking brand name like Coca-Cola and not just a broad description of, like, a huge group of people. How do you respond to something like that? I'm going to be real. This is some Nazi shit. (laughs) An international money conspiracy of the gays. Yeah, and, like, fucking gay people aren't necessarily LGBT. That rules. I love that. (laughs) Holy fuck. Yes, there are gays slash etc. in Japan. There are LGBT in Japan. Not all the gays slash etc. in Japan are LGBT, however. Furthermore, the LGBT value system is destructive and imperialistic. (laughs) You cannot stand for LGBT and also stand for the good of Japan slash otaku. (laughs) What's good for Japanese is good for otaku, okay? I hate how he fucking says Japanese. Just like... It's so weird. As like a noun. It's a fucking... It's not a fucking noun. That's what's bugging me about it. Japanese is not a noun. (laughs) You can't use it like that. It's a fucking descriptor. Oh my god. He's got this version of things in his head where LGBT is is a purely political segment of the population, and it's got mm-hmm. nothing to do inherently with gayness or anything. Right. Uh, and, and he also seems to think that that political presence isn't really a thing in Japan. And that's a really common belief with Nazis who fetishize Japan, is they think that it's this bastion of traditional values in this really monolithic way. And I think they should go there. That's like the stereotype of like the weeb who goes to Japan and just all the fucking Japanese people. Oh, I'm sorry. All the Japanese really fucking hate them and think that they're gross and disgusting. I have a friend who went to teach in Japan and lives there now. He's seen a lot of the these kind of weebs come and go now, and they are universally despised. <laughs> and they always come over, and they're, like, super conservative in a way that, like, you know, Japanese people do not like Donald Trump. And it's not like they're super involved with it, but they think that it's all anime chicks with, you know, MAGA hats on. And actually, otaku are not actually that respected in japan yeah Uh, just like everywhere else man (laughs) yeah it's they're tolerated in a way (laughs) that they're not here japan has had sort of like the same moralistic scares about otaku that like the west has had about gaming in a way and that Mm -hmm. like people like view otaku as like weird mentally ill shut-ins people who have problems the weebs on our side you know act like 5,000-year-old dragon girls are, like, celebrated. There's flags of them all over. And it's like, that's not the case. Those people are disgusting to most Japanese people. <laughs> uh, to, to most Japanese. To yeah. most Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, is these freaks, they go over there, and then they find, to their horror, that Japan is just full of normal people. Uh, <laughs> and normal people don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best description of it I think we can come up with. It's just like, holy shit. <laughs> This place isn't filled with degenerate weirdos like me. <laughs> it's cartoon pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're not even done with this. There are like three more posts. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Here's the next tweet. That's got two more posts. Reese, I think you need to read this one out. The otaku will never fold. Yuri will never become the L in LGBT. <laughs> what? Trans. That there's a slur that was used instead of trans. We'll never become the T in LGBT. Uh, the Japanese population will remain racially homogenous, and in due time, you too will join our cause. 
And I, I don't know what the kanji <laughs> what the kanji says, but probably something shitty. I'd like to say I called it on him thinking that they're an ethno state. What do I win? <laughs> Free copy of Bob Chipman's book. <laughs> <laughs> no! I don't want to read it. <laughs> oh, what's the matter? You don't okay. want to read Super Mario Brothers 3? Which is the <laughs> fucking shittiest name for a book I could possibly think of. How long is it? That's a really important detail to me. It's not the size of the book, it's how it's used. It's 200 pages. 208 pages. Holy oh, fuck. Oh, that's. Oh, fuck. That's you long. You wanted oh. a Let's Play in book form oh. written by Bob Chipman? This is. <laughs> we could add a second hour just discussing this. I think we got time for that, but let's finish up our Libido Common. Let me finish up this pair. All right. Do it. It matters because the current hellhole global society we live in, the people with all the power want us destroyed. They only promote what hurts us. They only wish to enslave us. The otaku are the last hope left on Earth. Well, if that's our last hope, I'm a, I'm a doomer now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're fucked. Jesus. <laughs> it's interesting to see how reactionaries take real problems and then just create fucking fantasy world ass solutions to them i would broadly agree like out of context i would broadly agree with the first sentence in that statement imagine hearing that out of context and being like okay yeah that seems about right global capitalism is seeking to basically monetize the world to death and it's coming at our expense as human beings and we now are part of a global machine that's too powerful for any individual to take down. And then only to hear the second part, which is like, the otaku are the last hope left on Earth. Straight from fucking Karl Marx, he put that in Das Kapital. He was like, the otaku are the only class able to destroy the capitalism. They're the only revolutionary class. <laughs> He's almost got class analysis, but the bourgeoisie is like is is big gay, and then the otaku are the proletariat. I think that's a great analysis of reactionary politics. It's a corruption of class politics into reactionary scapegoating and just bizarre, bizarre solutions to real problems. The thing is with neoliberalism is that it's unable to recognize its own faults. And that's what eventually leads to its, like, downfall. The whole socialism or barbarism situation comes because the only two groups that are, like, willing to recognize the problems of neoliberal capitalism are socialists and communists and fascists. And they have very, very different solutions to that problem. The fascist solution never really properly addresses the sort of social relations of capitalism. Well, it, like, it preserves capitalism by, like, brutally cracking down on a minority group they never solve the crisis if anything they, they'll create a new crisis to sort of delay uh, uh the collapse so it's just they're endlessly trying to put off the due date of capitalism that's what fascists end up doing pretty much the cia knew you were speaking the truth and sent a truck to back up during your, <laughs> your, during yeah. your speed. at one at one point it sounded like it was getting closer and i was trying to <laughs> <laughs> they found Alton. Just fucking kills him. <laughs> anyway, who wants to read this last one? Being a hardcore otaku means having an entire specific value system. It is a religion. <laughs> it is a calling. Also, fuck. Also, <laughs> white people are being discriminated. They are being discriminated. Oh so there should be nothing wrong with having white pride by that logic. What? I, I think maybe English isn't this guy's first language. Maybe. Like, logic is doing a lot of work there, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole thing of using Japanese as a noun as opposed to like an adjective. I believe it's an adjective, isn't it? I'm trying to remember my schoolhouse rock. Modify a noun or noun yes. phrase. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, English might not be his first language, so I rescind my making fun of his grammar and instead double down that effort on my making fun of his horrible, horrible ideas. <laughs> I think this is an interesting thing because it calls back to something we said earlier in that gamers are almost developing a religion. Fucking truck. <laughs> I, found, I found this guy's Gab account. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have it. it. Unfortunately, it doesn't have very much. It's just learn ah. Japanese, you weeb. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a disappointment. He's got a YouTube, though. I, I This is him. He's he's white enough. I'm going to say English might be his first language. He's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial take. <laughs> this guy might be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm really interested in the bit where he says that being otaku is a calling. Mm. Like, I'm imagining this guy is sort of like he had to go on like a quest to sort of achieve otaku. I like to think he climbed a mountain at some point. Maybe like a woman in a lake sort of assigned the title to him. I want to know his story. Does he have any of that on his YouTube channel? He might. It's <laughs> Visions of True God Episode Zero, God of Weebs, God of Otaku. We might have to return to review this yeah that that sounds like it's in the in the ballpark of what i'm looking for <laughs> oh my god oh he has otaku history 101 Ooh, hell yes i cannot wait for to hear this person describe the history of the otaku as like this glowing glorious history oh jesus this guy i'm watching one of his videos on what otaku and he leans over the camera with the like ceiling light lighting behind him and it's maybe the worst shot you could possibly have for... <laughs> yeah like the camera's on the floor looking upwards right yeah yeah, yeah. it's early and it's just, what's like, going on it's just totally backlit and he doesn't understand about fill lights or anything like that so he just looks terrible holy shit Oh my god, we got to see if this guy, let's bring this guy on to review uh, Movie Bob's book. Yeah. Get him on the pod, come on. That's our Patreon stretch goal. If we get to $200, we'll have Libido Common onto the show to just unleash his brainworms upon us <laughs> yeah, in a horrifying tell us about the fashion. global money. <laughs> the global money for LGBT. I feel like maybe what this guy has done is that he's like got so obsessed with Japanese, like learning it, that he started implementing its grammatical features into English. <laughs> like I, that's, I suspect that just because I know when I was learning German, a fun thing to do was sort of say English sentences with German grammar. He's so submerged in Japanese now that his English grammar is like maybe in the Japanese language you can just say Japanese. You don't have yeah. to say. Uh, Japanese people because adjectives work differently or something. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of weird. All right, I'm done talking about this weirdo. Yeah, yeah this sucks. Get rid of him. <laughs> so earlier you want to talk about Bob Chipman. Obviously, we've gone into it a little bit with his like terrible book. There is so much to say about a, about a man like like Bobbert Chipman. Um, <laughs> I think we probably I, don't have time to get fully into it, so... He's bad at politics. That's it. That's the gist of my whole thing. Uh, at least once a week, he just gets fucking owned on Twitter because he's said something preposterous and he keeps doing it. And I think he's it's just making him stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Chapo Traphouse probably summed it up best when they said that he thinks movies are politics. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. He thinks he thinks media is politics. He's like the fucking reverse or like bizarro world version of the Frankfurt School. He thinks that politics spring from media and not the other way around. I feel like a lot of the filmer Twitter guys are not dissimilar to filmer Bobbert. It's, <laughs> it's just that he's the worst one. If you browse through them, I have nothing to back this up, but they were all Hillary Bros. They all hate Bernie. They all have like bought into this very neoliberal identity, like with the movie. And like you can be moved by a movie, but you can't be moved by a movie to actually change anything. It's interesting to me for him to just like go in as hard as he does with just everybody. All right, so I think that's all the time we've got for today. Unfortunately, it's been such a great episode talking about MMOs and just brain-breakingly hot takes. All right, so where can people find you and your great content on the internet, Kay? Uh, you can find me on the YouTube at Kay and Skittles. That's my dope ferret who's cool as shit. And also on the Twitters, also at K and Skittles. 
where sometimes I will at Gorbachev and tell him that he's a nasty pizza boy. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Reese, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at your very good bud on Twitter. I also have a fake news, New York Times opinion Twitter at NY Times op ed. Um, I'm going to try and do more goofs on that. And that's it. You can find the podcast at Vigatwato on Twitter, which is just like the uh, abbreviation of our podcast. And you can find our all of our episodes at uh, videogamesoftheworst.pinecast.co. You can find our VODs on my channel at Alton Plays. And you can find me at 8Alton8 on Twitter, where I am currently posting my favorite enhanced Doge memes. And we also have a Patreon account. Oh, I forgot Patreon. about that. We have, I've been joking yeah, uh, about it this whole episode. <laughs> Give us $10 and you get the secret episode. Uh, So uh, that's patreon.com slash bigatwato. It's the first letter of every word in our stupidly long title. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Ken. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The $5 powerful poster tier of Patreon. Let's do this. Nine Citrine Winters. A Spooky Ghost. Dissonant Dragon. Eggs. A friend of a friend of the pod's cousin. Conky. Higgins the Seagull. Jack Sammons. Jarhead Coots. Jordan. Kyle Reederman. Nate M. Number One. Dono is short for donation. No such thing as character limb. Nathan Melby. Udark Cloud. Nick Rubin. Robert Miles. Solos. And Zachary Laposa. Thank you all for your support. We really appreciate it. Bye.